Good afternoon. This is Rainbow Drops. It's a podcast. I had no idea what episode number this is, but apparently it's a weekly podcast. Rainbow Drops, a podcast where we throw Zippy, George and Bungle off a bridge. (laughs) Tell me a second. (sighs) How you been, Mark? My name's Mark, by the way, and this is Fiona. Hi, Mark. Hi, Fiona. How have I been? Oh, I'm alright. So, so, you know, keeping it real. So this is a weekly podcast now. Is it? Yeah. We've done three weeks on the trot. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good record. Yeah, and I've been getting them out on the same day from recording them, so that's always a plus. It still takes me a long ass time to edit them though. So what? What are we? Why are we here? Uh, why, are we, why are we sitting around this microphone? Uh, to just talk shit. Um, because I'd quite like to have a podcast. I quite enjoy recording it. Quite enjoy editing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I oh, my phone just vibrated. How about that? See, I silence my phone because I'm professional. I have two. Yeah, but. I mean, like, airplane silence. Oh, fuck that. Mark, Robot Wars is out again. We oh, have more Robot Wars. There's a second series of the new reboot. Yeah, the second series of the second coming of Robot Wars. Robot Wars being the show where people build robots at home and bring them in and mm-hmm. control them with remote control and they fight each other and stuff. It's the stiff upper lip equivalent of BattleBots. BattleBots? Is that what it's called in America? Uh, that is the American version of Robot Wars, but it's run by a different company. I, I'm pretty sure there's there's different versions of it that are all very similar. But they all come from Robot Wars, I think? Uh, uh, I don't know about that, actually. No, I don't either. No. But a lot, a lot of the stuff that is shown on the BBC does get exported abroad. Mm-hmm. A, a hell of a lot of stuff. Like, stuff that you wouldn't even imagine. Like, A Touch of Frost. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where's that being escorted? Where's that being exported? I, I, I don't know. I just remember it being one of the things on the American Netflix. Is a touch of frost. It's like not even on the UK one, but it, it was on the American one. How do you know what's on the American one? I have no idea. I, I, how, how could I possibly know? I'm, I'm, I'm not in America, so there's, there's no possible way for me to know what is on American Netflix. Mark has stolen access to the American Netflix via illicit means. I have done nothing of the sort. Just installed a proxy and he's seen what's on there. I saw it on your Netflix when you did that. That's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Your (laughs) honour. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Like, The Weakest Link became a big thing in America because... No, um, not with Anne Robinson, surely. With Anne Robinson. Well, it, it was only a big hit because of Anne Robinson. That's true. Because, you know, before that, nobody had seen uh, a grumpy woman. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense, because without Chris Tarrant, who wants to be a millionaire is nothing. And yet, when they exported it, there was no Tarrant in sight. Yeah, but you know, Millionaire was just based on an American game show called The $65 Million Question or, or something. No, it wasn't. Surely not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's UK original, not based on anything, and then it was exported to America as Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Okay, it was heavily inspired by that game show, which which, which is an older, an older game. Are you show. sure that's not just because it has the word millionaire in the title? No, it was it, the the format was very very similar. Right, douche sitting in front of person who probably has too much money to be on the game show. They might have been standing. Okay, so they're standing. Not sitting down. Um, are they standing there talking, like, saying questions to each other? Is there a magic touch screen? Probably not. No. Um, I'm not sure whether there was a phone a friend. It might have been telegram a friend instead. Okay. It might have been Morse code a friend. Mark, when do you think the phone was invented <laughs> in relation to the television? I think Nokia invented it, right? The phone? No. <laughs> no. I kid. I remember rotor dial phones. So do I. My nana had one. I remember when touch tone phones were a, a big thing. You're um, not that old. <laughs> You're not that old to remember when rotary phones stopped being rotary phones. I I remember when touch tone phones be- became a thing, and it it was like a special thing because because all these Saturday morning uh, kids uh, shows like Live and Kicking, they'd have like a phone in. Where you could, it was like a video game, and you could control it with your touch-tone phone, if you are fancy enough to have one of those. Yeah, yeah, that's true, but that's because there were still people who had a lot of rotary phones. But it's not like 
touchtone phones suddenly became all of the rage in 1991. Yeah, I'm not around for decades. I'm not saying it was like a fashion statement or anything. I'm just, I'm just saying. She said they became a big thing. Yeah, I guess I did say that. <laughs> you know what I like, mean? Like snap bracelets and things like that. Yeah. Well, did you ever have that thing at school where for about a week there would just be a craze for just a random thing? Yeah. At my school, at one point there was a well, there was actually the big craze for fingerboards, and I think that was countrywide, what, what, wasn't what it? What the hell were they all about? <laughs> they were tiny little skateboards. See, I, that I, you controlled. I, with I your missed two this fingers. completely, but I remember a friend of mine having a younger brother who had a fingerboard, and I'm like, "What happened to your skateboard, dude? It shrunk." <laughs> Yeah. I probably didn't say dude. No, probably not. I think it was around the same time as, like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was a massive thing and skateboarding was in vogue. Right, right. Um, and they were just tiny little skateboards that you controlled with your two front fingers. I don't actually know what they're called. Index so finger and middle finger. It was sort finger. of like having a Tony Hawk's action figure, but if you you just remove the action figure. Yeah, and the best part about it is that... There was this, like, lie that was perpetuated by the fingerboard manufacturers <laughs> that that kind of led you to believe that there were all kinds of crazy tricks you could do with this fingerboard. Well, I mean, in theory, you could do any trick that you could with a regular skateboard. No. Surely. No. Surely. No, because you've only got two fingers. Yeah, but you only have two legs. Yeah, but you can put way more power into a skateboard with your feet. Yeah, but the skateboard's smaller. And you've got two hands. On a regular skateboard. Yeah. You know you have two hands at all times. Yes, but if I'm like... Okay, if you imagine there's a very small skateboard and my two fingers are representative of my feet, then I just have these tendrils coming down that are also my feet and suddenly I'm some eldritch monster that just happens to be radically skateboarding down a hill. So you're saying that fingerboarding was a lie because... You had five fingers, Mm -hmm. which were not an appropriate representation of the two legs that a real skateboarder would have. No, it was a lie because skateboards are made in such a way that allows you to do loads of flips with them and with the way the the wheels are screwed on, basically the joints are bullshit and (laughs) a fingerboard is just a little bit of plastic with wheels that go and that's it. So it's none of the mechanics... Yeah, that a skateboard I mean, actually has. It's kind of like selling you a miniature football and saying, now you too can be a professional footballer doing all of the tricks that you dreamt of. Yeah, it's 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 like if you have a kid who really wants to become a footballer when they grow up and then become a famous footballer and being like, how do I, how do I fulfil my dream of becoming a professional, world-renowned football player, and instead of um, telling them how to join a local team or how to get to coaching, mm. um, things like that, instead you just give them subutio. I, 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 I was going to say blow football. <laughs> That's just as good. I used to have one of those. I used to have subutio. And it came with, it came with straws. Like, you couldn't just blow without the straw. Yeah, but it's harder, isn't it? You've got to really get down to the players' level to do that. The imaginary players. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I remember those. But no, the crazies when I was at primary school were those snap bracelets. Yeah, we had like those for a bit. Which I think were taken off the market eventually because they were dangerous. You know they were just recycled uh, tape measures, right? That's not true. That is absolutely 100% true. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. And they, because they're because plastic. They were, Oh, well, okay, maybe the original ones were, were metal. The ones that we had at school were metal. Because if, if, if they had been metal, thin metal, like you have on well, a tape Well, you had measure. a coating over them. That was the thing. They had, like, a you know, a, a 90s tie-dye bright colour pattern over them that was just, like, a thin material or plastic coating. But the, the metal would come out of them eventually. The, the, material, the, the coating would split, and the dangerous razor-sharp metal would come out. <laughs> And, yeah, somebody decided that that was kind of dangerous. It was a little bit. Especially when you're, you know, snapping it against your wrist. Another mad um, another mad craze we had at school was uh, tiny little bouncy balls. A bunch of these crazes at my school were fueled by this vending machine we had, okay. um, which, which was just filled full of absolutely useless cheap tat 
that uh, hardly any child would ever want to have, and yet, for some reason, they all became the must-have item that all the kids must get. Because mm. um, your mate's got one, and their mate's got one, and your mate's got one, and then if you're left out, then you're left out. Um, one such example was very small little bouncy balls okay. that you just got out of the machine, they were multicoloured, and you threw them and they bounced. That is usually what bouncy balls do. Um, I mean, they're quite fun to pelt at people, and they're quite bouncy, and they go <laughs> ping, 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 so they're quite fun. But easily the worst one of these was this little egg that you got, you know, that you get in a kinder toy, and inside the kinder toy, squashed inside it, was this really cheap, rubbery, grey alien. <laughs> and it was completely translucent, um, and its arms stretched a little bit. So it was like the worst version of Stretch Armstrong that anyone had ever come up with. And, and this was a craze? For weeks, we were just after these aliens. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It, it happened every time. Someone must have been making a mint off of our stupid arseholes. <laughs> I seem to remember a craze uh, at our primary school for like these uh, like skipping rope things, but they weren't ropes. It was like a hoop that went around your ankle, and you kind of hopped oh, over it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a yeah, it's like a single person skipping rope. Yeah, yeah. Like skipping for one, uh, and it counted how many skips you'd done. Yeah, that was a craze, and and these like bouncy things where you, you it looked like the planet Saturn, and you stu- you stood on it, and you, it was kind of like a space hopper, but for your mm, feet. Yeah, you're old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This stuff predates me, I think. Probably. I mean, obviously, the biggest craze at school was Pokemon. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. It goes without saying, doesn't it? And I am still <sighs> still as Pokemon as I was the day it came out. Yeah. Twelve generations later? No, Mark. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Obviously. Po- Pokemon generations, that is. You know that anyway. And I'll still be playing Pokemon when I die. Oh yeah, I imagine you'll still have your Game Boy in your hands as you as you as you die. My game non binary. <laughs> so Robot Wars Robot Wars we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> Well, how is the new series? Because I haven't watched any of the the second of these new series. Yeah, but you watched the first of them. I did watch the um, first of them, and I thought it was all right. Yeah, I thought it was surprise. I was surprised by it because I expected it to be so much worse. Um, a couple of things irritated me: no music for a start. Um, and if you watch some of the old footage of Robot Wars, there's just something about the music that makes it really bombastic and really exciting. Yes. And it's just completely silent, except for the fact that they keep seeming it to add... like pounding dance music, didn't Yeah, they? it did. So so there's no dance music at all, unfortunately. Um, and they seem to have added lots of really over-the-top cartoony sound effects when, like, <laughs> things get hit and they just replace the sound of it with... Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I noticed that. Like, obviously, it must be that the mics don't pick up mm-hmm. the sound well enough, and they have to... Or, or it might be mixed in with the crowd, and so it's not very yeah, clear. Yeah, or something like that. But it, it's kind of obvious that they've put a lot of the sounds back in in, mm-hmm. in post, and that, you know, they're just foley. Because some of them are just almost the point of, like, you know, Hanna-Barbara Hannah cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like, boink, boink. <laughs> 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 and and like the kind of the kind of metal hitting metal sounds you would hear in a video game. So yeah, I thought the general I thought the general sound design was pretty bad. I didn't like how much time they spent on on these ITV style let's see what they're like at home bits about the builders. <laughs> I don't think that's just ITV. I think that's every every television program oh, now has to have a kind of reality TV element to it. I hate it. I just I mean, I wouldn't mind it for like 10 seconds or something. Hi, I did a robot. It's pretty cool. It's like, great. But man, did they focus on it and then have like talking head interviews and stuff. God, I'm just not bothered by it at all. I mean, I mean, the, the, the bits that I really do like are all the stuff in the pit where they're talking about what's broken and how they're going to fix it and they're showing the damage and, mm. you know, all that sort of thing. You know, the technical nerdy stuff, I guess, rather than the interpersonal stuff. <laughs> I, mean, I like that, but I, I like I like the personal stuff is there as well, because it just kind of breaks things up a bit. I don't mind it, but I just think it's too long. 
I don't think there's enough focus on the on the robot-y stuff of Robot Wars. I think it's good when the contestants are genuinely interesting yeah. people. Um, also, in the previous series, that was marred by a lot of inadvertent sexism. <laughs> I know exactly the the point you're talking about as well, because um, there was a particular was a particular family where it was kind of was it like a father and son who, who built this robot and and they, it kind of had all these scenes of them kind of you know putting this robot together and, and doing and welding things and stuff and then and then their mum comes in with a, a tray of sandwiches mm-hmm. and it's like yeah I'm the one who makes the sandwiches I spend my time in the kitchen that makes me part of the team but they did that a lot of times like <laughs> Like you just you were just sitting there waiting for that line. Mm. You're just like, oh yeah, I just kind of come up with the tactics, <laughs> or like, yeah, I'm just there for moral support. I'm the mum. Fuck off! You don't know. I'd rather you'd said nothing. Um, that's that's but, not very nice, is it? Uh, but I, I think they've addressed that. They've, that's a lot more diminished this time. And in fact, there are teams um, that are fronted by women mm. who are clearly engineers. Mm. That's um, good. And yeah, there's not so much. Let's watch these girls to be girl things. And yeah, yeah. It, I think it was it was the way they kind of they've they'd highlighted it. They'd kind of half-assed it in a way that they were trying to include these these women, but in a way that just just yeah, like you say, served to highlight the <laughs> fact that they were kind of in no way part of it and only there to. <laughs> I also don't like the the opening round format. Um, the way they have these four way battles, okay. and no matter what happens, two of them go home. I hate that. Is that not a thing they always do? Yes, I think it is. But that doesn't make it good by any stretch of the imagination. It it does. It doesn't mean that the robots that are completely hopeless mm. will just go straight home, which is okay, I guess. Although then you do get some that are quite surprising. Um, but but it just means that the robots that end up, it, it means that the robots that have so much money spent on them and have so much time spent on, even if they're not a lot of money spent on them, even if mm. it's just someone's time and effort and energy, it just goes away within thirty seconds because um, three other robots ganged up on it or the link cable fell out or you, you know what the I mean. Link, what is this link cable? Okay, so, I, I noticed this in in the the, the previous series. Yeah, a lot of the robots that went out. There was kind of this implication that they only went out because some link cable that was required by the rules had okay. fallen out. So, so this is new in the rules for this new set of series. Um, there is um, some sort of safety link that is in the robots, and it has to be built to specification right. that were given to the contestants. Um, and... And basically, it keeps all the electricity going through it. And if it disconnects, <laughs> this is a, this is a really technical explanation. Yeah, if it disconnects, it breaks this, all the circuits in the entire robot, and the thing just dies. So, um, they, so but according to the rules of robots, they have to have this failsafe built in, which is also coincidentally a massive weak point. Yeah, it's big weak point because a, a sharp smack will just knock it out. That seems like a flaw. <clears throat> it does seem like a flaw. Um, but I don't know. I guess they're they damned if they do and damned if they don't. Because what, diff- what are they afraid of? The robot, you know, becoming sentient and running amok in the audience. Well, it's not that. Don't worry, folks. All you have to do is give it a sharp kick. Because I, I really don't envy them. Because the robots are so much more powerful than they were years ago. I mean, before they were ran on shitty car batteries, wheelchair and, motors, yeah, and wheelchair motors and nonsense like that, and and now there are some seriously powerful bits of kit in them. Now, if you look at like last season, uh, sorry, if you look at the old Robot Wars, if Mortis had hit you in the leg with its hammer, it would have <laughs> fucking hurt, and you would have had a hole in your leg, but you'll have been fine. Yes. However, if Carbide comes at you, you are dead. Oh, these these robots now that they, they they're all doing what Hypnodisc did yeah. in in the old Robot Wars. Yeah. Which which was just it was just a game changer because they had mm-hmm. they introduced this flywheel with a tooth on it mm-hmm. and so it got up to speed and it had just the, the momentum to tear armor off the other robots mm-hmm. but now they're all doing that yeah, they've all got these crazy good ripping things up devices so there are a lot of robots now who will just kill you 
Yeah, I imagine you'd be pretty dead if one of those came at you. So, so, so I don't envy them at all that they need this link thing because even if if there is just a little bit of power going through the robot and they're just playing with it and you know they're, they're trying to fix it and something goes wrong and a hammer goes bonk and yeah, well you've got a dead person in the pits then. So I guess, yeah, I, I I think it's good they have it. It seems like there must be a better way to engineer that though. Like what about Probably. what about some kind of system where if it loses contact to the remote control, it it cuts it cuts all all of the uh, power. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be a better way to do it? So that you, you can't if you you can't lose control because you have to keep maintaining control for it to run. But that doesn't help it with the scenario I talked about. Which was? Which was, they're in the pits and they're fixing it and there's some strange mechanical failure or some electrical failure and it just causes one of the weapons to go off. I guess so. It depends how it's wired up, I suppose. Yeah, but it's a lot easier for them to just say, make sure there's this safety link cable in it and when it comes out, then the whole thing dies, rather than make sure your electrics are up to scratch. I guess so. I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess the easiest... E- the easiest thing to implement, the easiest thing to engineer that, that keeps people safe is the best option. Mm-hmm. But still, if it was based on the remote control, then you could remotely kill switch it. But whatever, I'm I'm not an engineer. Yeah, what, what do or I a safety expert. So. I just like robots. Yeah. Um. So what was I saying? Uh, you were saying that you 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 really love Robot Wars, but you had some critical uh, analysis of it. Oh yeah, I don't like the round format because robots just go out way too quickly. But what I do like is then they have this round robin stage where they all fight each other and there are just like half an hour breaks between the matches Mm. which means that sometimes robots come back to them in 20 pieces and they have to try and (laughs) weld them back together again and just to keep seeing these robots come back fight after fight limping into the arena and seeing how they hold up I love that so much I think that is the best thing they've ever done so what don't you like about the round format I don't like that they have this opening oh the the opening yeah the the, the free for all right right. and then two of them just go away yeah that's that seems unfair because it's so chaotic with four robots. Yeah. It's yeah. so chaotic. Yeah, you can win just by staying out of the fight. Yeah, exactly. You can just run away, do nothing, be completely ineffectual, and still go through. Yeah. It's bullshit. I don't like it. They should just have the round robins and be more... If, if they had the round, round robins and they were more... Either more episodes or more selective about who gets chosen to participate. Yeah, I guess so. Or... or... Or just have more of those. Just have more of those four ways mm. before it settles into the kind of tournament format. Because then you get to see all more, even more crazy robots, and and then it goes into the more serious, the more serious fights. No, because my main problem with it is that robots just get kicked out. Okay. For 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 no reason. For for no fault of their own. You, you want to love them all, but you yeah. can't love them all. I want to just want everyone to have an equal chance, and I feel like there's it's a dice roll and it feels incredibly unfair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would be annoyed if I, I built a robot. I think they get... And I got knocked out in the first... I think room. I read they get £300. They get £300? <laughs> yeah, from the BBC. To, what, to build it? Um. Well, I think they just get that as some money and it can be towards repair costs or it can be towards building it or whatever. But surely that's once, once it, it's agreed that they're going to be on the show. Uh, yes. Right, right. Yeah. You can't just apply for a robot grant from the BBC. No, but I read a story about because there was someone who 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 had entered their robot, and um, then I read this story that they wrote up about it because I think they went out in this season that started now. Yeah. And they <laughs> they just applied for it, not knowing anything about how to build robots, <laughs> and they were just like, "That'll be a laugh." And then they got accept, and they like sent them like a really shit CAD. Um, drawing of what they were going to build because that was a requirement for the application and uh, they got back a yes and it was like three months till the till the competition and they're like oh no I've got to build a robot and I don't know anything about building them and the whole thing was just this story of the trials and tribulations and the amount of backbreaking work and oh and, oh, and how they had to build this thing on a shoestring budget because yeah. they had like one and a half grand to 
to spend on it because they just had no, they didn't have much money. They were like a student or something. And God, I, yeah, I mean, if you've not got access to like a, a you know, a, a power tools and and you know jigsaws and yeah, yeah, so you know, a, a workshop full of equipment. Then... Yeah, so I think I think if I remember correctly, it said that they had work. They had stuff, tools they could use at work, I think. Mm. And also they got cheap tools as well. So they like showed this, um, you know, you know, those desk drills. It was like a miniature version of those that they got given from a family member and things like that. So they just had all these cheap tools from eBay and hand-me-downs from people and stuff like that. And somehow managed to build a heavyweight robot. This whole article the whole way through was saying, heavyweight robots are stupid. (laughs) Don't build heavyweight robots. Um, so yeah, that was good. So other than that, uh, yeah, they haven't fixed a damn thing that I, that I have a problem with apart from the misogyny, really. Oh yeah, I forgot, um, in the original series, there was a house robot that's not there anymore. Oh yeah, now, apparently they didn't have the budget to, to bring that one back. Yeah, Sergeant Bash, with his flamethrower. Sergeant Bash, yes. I mean, to be fair, the flamethrower is fucking ineffectual, unless you're Deator, but... Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, it probably does a bit of damage to internal wiring and stuff, but you can't really see that happening. Plus, there's a lot more protection for it these days. Yeah. That's what, I've always thought that the fire pit is just like, why? I mean, it's it's showy, isn't it? It is, isn't it? So other than that, I find the the series quite good. Yeah, I I like it as well. I've just not got around to watching the the second, second series. Is it part way through now? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll catch up with it. Yeah, you should. Oh, it was. We're a bunch of fucking nerds, Mark. It's true. We are nerds. Um, we are techies, yes. developers. I would describe myself as these mm. these things. And we use all kinds of techie tools and things. This feels like a segue. Yeah, it's a segue. If you're gonna gonna conclude its destination. So you've written down on this piece of paper here. <laughs> Um, th- th- this is this is what we do now on Rainbow Drops. I you're spoiling the magic. There's there's post-it notes on the table, and each post-it note has something written on it that we're going to talk about. And I pick two, and Mark picks two, and all the interesting ones I write down, and uh, all the boring ones Mark writes down. So he wrote down RSS slash iCalendar. Yes. Tell us about this. <laughs> Fiona, do you do you use RSS? Are you aware of what RSS is? Yes, because this the only way to listen to Rainbow Drops on a regular basis is by subscribing to Rainbow Drops in your RSS program. That's or not true, though, is it? Because a lot of people just use iTunes, or yes, know. but that's still backed by RSS. I've also seen a lot of podcasts that that are just on SoundCloud. Can we do that? Yeah, because when I start, I've also, I've also seen podcasts that are on YouTube. Well, that's just silly. Uh, on SoundCloud, when I started this, I remember looking at SoundCloud for uploading podcast directly. I just needed somewhere to drop really big audio files. Yeah. Um, and SoundCloud said it didn't support podcasts yet. Have they changed that? Uh, I, they must have done because I I follow a lot of podcasts on SoundCloud. Oh, okay. Are you sure they don't also have, like, an RSS version that's hosted somewhere else? Because this is a thing, I couldn't get a reliable RSS feed out of it, even I if I did upload them. it or something like that. And this, okay. this is the thing, like, a lot of people don't, and then you're just like, well, now I've got to subscribe within SoundCloud, and that's kind of annoying. Okay. Because yeah. because this is the thing, like, RSS is a is a, a thing that was invented to be, like, a, an open standard, and a... And a you know, standard way for you to receive news without having to check a bunch of websites mm-hmm. or or use like a website's internal subscription system. <laughs> you know, you just have all of your stuff in one place. I think they're pretty good. I know that Alice uses a RSS reader f- to keep up with web comics mm. and web comics updates. She gets make, a little drop. It makes a lot of sense. Like the day I discovered RSS it was it was a joyous day indeed because I suddenly realised that. I'd been doing the internet wrong. Google doesn't agree. Now, I disagree with you saying that Google doesn't agree. But they killed their RSS reader. Okay, so so Google had an RSS service, which was a, cl- a cloud-based one, where Google would go out and refresh all your feeds and they'd be there waiting for you when you, when you logged into Google Reader. 
Um, but I imagine it just wasn't wasn't paying for itself or whatever, uh, and they had to can it. That doesn't mean that Google doesn't use RSS anymore. But it obviously shows that they don't they don't put much stock in the format. Well, so I've I've heard a lot of people say that RSS is dead, and they say RSS is dead because social media has replaced it. Which and is true, largely. I no, I don't understand that. That's like saying that HTML is dead because we have animated GIFs now. What? Well, <laughs> or or it's like saying that it's like saying that HTML <coughs> is dead because we have Snapchat. No, that's not comparable at all. Exactly. Right. You have to look at it in the context of what the average person used to use RSS for. And the average person who used to use RSS for yes. that now uses so social media I think for this is I think this is what I'm getting at. Like it's, it, it may be dead in the sense that for most people, most people's use case for RSS has now been... Uh, it's now been superseded by other things mm-hmm. like Twitter and stuff. Because if you're just looking to get the occasional news update or, you know, hear about something when it when it happens, you can just log into Facebook or, or Twitter and find that out. Mm-hmm. But to say that RSS is dead in the sense that it's it's not required anymore, I think is just silly. Because I think it's it's such a fundamental thing. I think it'll always be around. I don't disagree. Um, pod- I mean, like, look, look at it this way. It, it, it completely changed the way I used the internet when I discovered it. Because I went from having a bunch of bookmarks that I that I checked through every now and again and visited a bunch of websites mm-hmm. um, to get, you know, my, my fix of news and, you know, product updates on shopping sites and stuff like that. I went from that to, to realising that I can just subscribe to these feeds and be told when there's new stuff. And in fact, just read it in a, in an RSS reader and just have the information directly fed to me and not have to go and find seek it out myself. I mean, the, the, the format is dead in that the number of people that use it directly is very minimal. Now, mm. you, are one, you are one of a very small minority that has been cut down from the initial people who used to use RSS by a significant amount. I used to use RSS all the time mm. for loads of stuff. And then I stopped using it because I didn't need to. Because uh, now all the RSS that I use is in my podcatcher. Mm. That's really the only thing that has regular updates that I want to know about. I guess the other one is YouTube. But I have a separate YouTube account and I subscribe to things on YouTube. Getting RSS feeds from YouTube is... is, You still can, but it's very Mm. hidden these days. Because they want you to subscribe in, in YouTube. Yeah. I mean, I find their subscriptions thing good enough. You open the YouTube and you click my subscriptions mm. and it just shows you the list of the latest subscri- subscribed videos. Mm. Other than that, like what? I, f- I follow people on Twitter. Yeah. There's nothing, that, there's nothing that I'd use it for now apart from podcasts and I used to use it for everything. But like Twitter, you don't get the same information in, in, in the same way. You can't at a glance see that, oh, there's, there's one new, new news story from this news website by looking on Twitter because either you're going to look at your your main timeline and you're going to just see you know a mashup of lots of different sources or you're going to go to their Twitter stream and see all of the crap that they've been tweeting over the past week and maybe mixed in there will be a tweet saying oh here's a new story I guess I also when it comes to news if it's game news I'm going to hear it I just am because of the number of people I follow about that. Yeah. If it's some fucking garbage political news, I'll probably know about that because I follow so many bleeding heart liberals on mm. the Twitters. So I'm going to find out about all of those. Um, and everything else, I go on the horrible transphobic BBC News regularly and I just check the BBC News. Cutting. Not cutting. I'll we'll have to talk about that some Accurate. Sometime. I'm not talking about how offensively transphobic the the BBC News website is on a regular fucking basis. It sounds like you started. already are. Oh, God. <laughs> they cannot get through a single article about a trans person or even mentioning a trans person on the side without also mentioning their birth name. They mm. can't do it. It's impossible for them. That's and awful. the worst thing we came across last night was this article um, about, what did it say? It said something like, Liam and Cheryl's baby, something, something. Mm. And we're like, 
who's Cheryl? I'm not sure who Cheryl is. And you go into this article and it's like Cheryl this, Cheryl that, Cheryl who used to, um, who used to be a, uh, a judge on The Voice, I think it was. And I'm thinking, I think that's Cheryl Cole, but I'm not entirely sure. You get all the way through it, get all the way through it. And uh, eventually it says that Cheryl, who now wishes to be called Cheryl professionally, blah, blah, blah. No, no point anywhere, anywhere in the article did it ever birth name her. Yeah. And th- what's the difference? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so so celebrities have a stage name. No, cis people. Because they can't get through an article about Caitlyn Jenner without referring to Caitlyn Jenner's birth name. Yeah. What's yeah. the difference there? You make a very good point. Fuck the BBC. Mm. Seriously. Mm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I would have thought the BBC were, were, were better than that. They're not. Um, I mean, surely that's rule number one of, of reporting on trans people. Anyway, so... <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna pop the conversation stack. Completely change the tone again. Um, yeah, just centre myself. It's <laughs> calm, calm. One of the one. I have to say that one of the main uh, things I use RSS for is for just keeping up to date with web comics because you know they'll just push out an episode mm-hmm. weekly or daily or or they'll go on a hiatus for three months and then push out an episode. I just steal entire archives after a year. That, I guess that makes sense as well. I wrote a piece of software that was specifically designed for stealing webcomic <laughs> archives. It's a very fun project to produce, actually. I think stealing is uh, is a strong word. I downloaded it without viewing any adverts and leached all their bandwidth and then never actually go on the website. And then I get a catalogue of JPEGs. I think, I think I've stolen those, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think it's a grey area. Yeah. Isn't it? Okay. Um, they won't be happy about it anyway. But yeah, I think I think the thing is, for even even if people, even if nobody uses RSS to read the news anymore, it still should exist. No, I agree. Because it's a standard format for delivering information of any kind. So is Gopher. Like RSS <laughs> is is great because it, it is. It's uh, it's a data exchange format. It's, it's XML based, and that means that you can automate the the, re- the receipt of that information. Mm-hmm. It means that you can have, you know, computer programs and, and other bits of software receive updates from from elsewhere in a in a standard format. I mean, it's a shame it's XML, but yeah, that is another topic. I I, I like XML. That's because you're a fucking idiot. I mean, I, <laughs> sorry, that's harsh. But well, I'm, I'm used to it. I just, no, XML's gone. I don't even hear it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I think it, it's it's a it's a great thing that that should continue to exist. And on that note, on, on a, in, a, in a similar vein, I discovered that there's a, such a thing as an iCalendar feed, which mm-hmm. is um, another standard format. I think probably kind of standardized. Or, or first invented by Apple for their iCalendar app, but it is a it's a format for delivering calendar events mm-hmm. in a in a you know as a feed, which is brilliant. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want you know a standard format for for just getting event information, which you can you can then feed directly into your calendar of choice. That's that's such a good such a great idea. So you're saying that iCal is the RSS of events. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's the RSS of of calendar events, you know, the dates and times of of things happening. I think it's great, and yet not enough people use it. Like, how often have you gone to a website for any like a regularly regularly occurring event, like a, I don't know a, a meetup or a or a conference or, something. or a conference or something like that, and they have like a, an events page. Mm-hmm. Maybe a news post, and it's just like a little—it's like a little HTML calendar that you can view. You might on, get an RSS feed if you're lucky on that website, or maybe yeah, or maybe an RSS feed of of when they add a calendar event to it. Because how does that even make sense? Does the is the publish date on the RSS feed when they add the calendar events, or is it on the date of the event in the calendar? Because neither really makes any sense. No, it doesn't. Who who's gonna go to that events page and, and and be like, oh yeah, that's that's when that event is? No, you're going to 
that's that's way more steps than are necessary. Just subscribe to that feed. You'll never have to check that page again because all of the information will be right there in your calendar. I agree. I I like those kind of formats. Um, I mean, I saw isn't there like an open source Twitter? Yes. Yeah. There was. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's right. There was like an open standard for Identica micro blogging services. That's it. Now Identica was an. Uh, was a, a, a service that made use of this open format, and I think it was called O Status. Okay. I'm not sure whether Identica still exists or not. Hmm. But but I totally agree that all of these services should use things like that, because that is what they mean by Web 3.0, which is like the internet. As Wait, it... Web 3.0? Yeah, Web 3.0 is this idea of the internet being completely data-driven. Web, Web 2.0 was... Oh shit, look at this we can do with JavaScript. <laughs> That's right, it was. And also little star labels that say beta on them. Well, I, think, really I think that was a Web 2.0 thing Shiny as well. shit. <laughs> Pages with about three words on and the rest of it being white space. Websites that you continue to scroll forever. Websites that scroll horizontally. Oh god, no. <laughs> And uh, CSS parallax layers as you, as you scroll down the page that slow down your browser. But yeah, the idea is that it's the internet being data-driven completely. The semantic web, yes, as it were. the semantic web. That's right. Which is a dream that... <laughs> yeah, it's never going to happen. <laughs> that, that hasn't happened and probably won't because corporations like their walled garden... This is the thing, isn't it? Um, I mean... It's like to control the data rather than let people exactly. manipulate and read it. Exactly. Oh! Sorry, we have a cat running around. Exactly. The, like, that kind of interoperability is great for users, but just of no interest to, to companies. Mm-hmm. Except when it is. Because every, every web startup now has a developer API. Yeah, it's... For some reason. Standard. It's like, what, what are they expecting to happen with that? Well, I mean, you say that, but there's been times at work where a client has used some service that we've never heard of before that we need to interoperate with, and even for the most simplest things, them having an API can be a godsend, because it's so much better than like pretending to be a browser and opening a remote connection and posting mm. to forms, and it's so much easier to just make a REST request to them. Yeah, yeah, I guess... Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying that it doesn't make... I'm not, not saying that it isn't a good thing and it isn't, you know, incredibly useful for for users and other businesses and what have you. I, I, just, I just don't understand why that is such an important thing for, for, for businesses and, and why providing things that are a bit like that but easier to use... For the user and not also part of the priority list? I mean, if you're producing a web service, one of the things you really want to be able to do is to interoperate with other companies and for those companies to be able to use you as part of their systems. So it can be a really big sell to other companies you want to work with. I suppose so, but wouldn't you just approach those companies individually and, and make a deal with them? Instead of saying, "Oh yeah, here, here's how you programmatically," well, that's not the dream. Put load on our service. That's not the dream. <laughs> What's the, what is the, the dream? The startup <laughs> dream is to produce a service that is used by thousands of very wealthy cunt companies around the world and millions of people. And the more people you can get your service in the hands of for any purpose, the better. I would say that you're probably right there, but with the caveat that it has to be. It has to be profitable in some way. Mm-hmm. I think I'll... unless you're Twitter or YouTube. Well, I think Twitter now have realised that they've got to make money somehow, and, and are now trying to. Because it's the thing I really like Twitter. I like how pure, pure. yeah, how pure of a service it, it, it at least wow. was when it started. Yeah, they're destroying that purity every day. I, I always liked it, how it, it's such a pure idea that I, I mm-hmm. really wish it had been built as a as a kind of again as a as a web standard like like. I agree. Like HTTP is like it. It should be. It should be that fundamental. It should be a pro at protocol level. I always liked the way uh, things like hashtags and retweets um, weren't features on Twitter, mm. and they were just they were just driven by user conventions. Yeah, that's it? right. Convention is the right word. People started putting hash symbols yeah. in front of stuff so because that... it was easy to search for. Yeah, 
it's it's completely pointless now because you can just search for whatever. Mm-hmm. And at, at mentions as well. Were, Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure they were a user convention, yeah. Okay. Which then became a feature. And yeah, retweets were as well. Quoting as well. That's now a, a, a fully grown feature. These are all things that should be featured on Twitter, though. I'm glad. I'm glad they are, and I'm also glad that when they first started, they were pure text solutions to problems. It's quite elegant in a yes. way. Yes, and I think I think, and I, then and then they do things like like polls now, which are yeah, nothing like that. I think they. I I appreciate the way that they kept a lot of backwards compatibility, and I think it's because it was initially like an SMS driven. That was the idea. That's service. the reason it's 140 characters. Yeah, and I think they've now realised that you know nobody's using. SMS for it anymore, so they they have more leeway with what they can do with it. Then they recently relax the character limit so that links and hashtags don't count towards it. Or yeah, something. I think there are a few things that now don't count towards the character limit, mm. which is you know that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean there was an entire industry that started being built around shortening links. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean wow. Until Twitter made their own, and... I think they bought like the biggest one. Yeah, and then started using that. Yeah. I like the way all these other little services are come out around it, like Twit Longer, when you actually want to write an article, That's but you still so want dumb. to have it on Twitter. That's so dumb. Or, or Medium, where it just collates a shit ton of tweets with some commentary beside the tweets oh, I in see. an order. I, I've never understood what Medium actually was. Oh, it's it's a collection of tweets with commentary next to the tweets. Is this why people start uh, Twitter threads that just go on for like 50, 50 tweets? Is that so that someone can then go in and collate those into a... No, no, people do that because um, they should really use something like TwitLonger or write articles on a website, but unfortunately mm. they're actually on a 140 character limit Twitter account. Yeah. And they're not using it for its intended purpose. Just, just and breaking the... Just internet. write a blog post just... and link to it. The other thing people do, of course, is they write a long article, take a picture of it and post it as an image. <laughs> Worst. Yeah, that's the fucking worst. <laughs> oh god, it can't. Yeah, like I guess it works, but yeah, it's, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. So another another fundamental uh, internet protocol, which has existed since the internet began, I think probably, is IRC, Internet Relay Chat. Yeah, which is for getting your cyber on. Get. <laughs> Getting your cyber on, yeah. It's it's the internet's original chat <coughs> service. Mm-hmm. Before before every every company developed its own chat service yeah. with its own app. Microsoft, Yahoo, its AOL, own, its own little walled garden. They all had their own chat apps. Yeah, IRC is the only thing that's really survived them. Probably because it's the original, and is it even the original? I don't I have even no know. Because there was there's a thing called ICQ as well. But Telnet. <laughs> Tell us for logging into servers and and also playing. Yeah, I was going to say playing multi-user dungeon games. Yeah, there's all kinds of chat rooms and technologies and stuff that were that I bet you use Telnet to connect with. Yeah, probably. In fact, you can use Telnet to connect to IRC, and I know that because I once built an IRC bot that just Telnetted to an IRC server. <laughs> what? You built an IRC bot? That telnetted to an IRC server. I think that's what I did. <laughs> okay. Well, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Whatever. I wrote a bot um, ages, years and years and years ago. I guess. I guess the the most recent uh, service to to come in and try and replace IRC. I say try. It probably already has replaced it at this point. Is Slack? Do you use Slack? Yeah, I use it at work. Huh? You would know that. Yeah, I also use it at work. Because we work at the same <laughs> we place. We work at the same place. I'm, I'm asking rhetorical questions, but it's it's so that the listener benefits from your answer, you see. Rainbow Drops is sponsored by Slack. <laughs> a chat uh, service for you and your team to communicate along long distances and uh, get... It's get... not sponsored, and I hate Slack. <laughs> just Rainbow tra- Drops just is sponsored sh- by IRC. <laughs> dropping that truth bomb there. No, I, don't, I don't like Slack. Okay, let, let me wind back a bit. I think Slack is unnecessary. I understand why it exists, because, you know, somebody created a service that, that worked well, gained popularity, and now they're chucking in a bunch more features, and it's, you know, it's great for, for people's productivity, people love it, and it's popular and people use it. I'm going to tell you why and how Slack exists. 
Go on. Slack exists um, to have all the features of IRC. Yes. For techies to have the simplicity of a text-based chat system mm. like IRC and to allow people who aren't in the least bit technical, who are scared by typing commands in, who anything with an acronym consisting of three letters is scary, mm. um, and they can use it to chat with those same techies. It's to accommodate both those people. It's not, though, is it? Why not? Because, okay, here's here's my counter-argument. You could do all of the same stuff and build it upon IRC. Okay, so the problem here is that Slack isn't built on IRC. Mm. Well, then they have all this other stuff like uh, images. You can embed images, you can embed documents, they've got threading and all these other extra things, which people find quite useful. Also, like, app integration. Okay, I guess you could do that with bots, couldn't you? Because there's, there's XMPP as well. Yeah. Which probably does a lot of these things. I have no idea. Which, I guess, I guess that was the um, successor to IRC. And that is an open standard. Mm-hmm. I have seen services like Slack that are built on top of IRC. The thing is, like... Okay, so let's take images as, a, as an example. There is no reason why you couldn't build an IRC client... That, that automatically opened images. Exactly. And it, and it, it degraded gracefully to just sending the, the image URL... You're right. Over what about uploading files? Again, link to, you know, your file hosting service of choice. Ask me another. So the problem that you have is that Slack isn't built on IRC. No, and... and or XMPP. So so what I'm saying is it it's not because it's more useful. It's because they're a company and yeah. they're, they're making money. And okay, you can you can open up like an XMPP gateway to Slack, and you can use it that way. Which you do. Which I which I do, much to everyone's annoyance. I mean, there are downsides to that. I don't think the messages are encrypted if you do that. Which you know, everyone should bear in mind if they're thinking of doing that. There weren't. And there's a lot of features that that you can't use if you, if you do that. Like you don't you don't get the same emoji or you know stuff. Like, they're really important. Yeah, or some you know certain integrations that have been built for for. Slack won't work very well. Can you get the lunch train? No, I can't get. Well, I do get the lunch train notifications, but I can't. I can't board the lunch train. Choo choo. <laughs> I mean, you totally could board the lunch train if the lunch train was a bot sitting in an IRC exactly. client, and, and why, you just sent. You just why went isn't it forward slash board? <laughs> I've no idea. You're right. The the reason it isn't is because. Slack have introduced like these uh, GUI buttons that you can include as part of your Slack integration to make it easy for people to interact with it because they can just click a button on the screen to join the lunch train. Now, there's no reason why an but, IRC. Yeah, but you client... can still do that as IRC, though. Well, exactly. If just... your client is 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 lunch train aware and lunch train is a bot that just responds to commands, yeah, or or even better, if there was something in the in the protocol that let you represent user interactions as a button or mm. or a command that you can do, yeah. then you could do that. But but no. Because the driving force behind it is is not is not such that uh open and and interoperable protocols and services are are developed. It is kinda of surprising actually that Slack isn't just built on top of IRC. Is it? Yeah, of course it is. But I mean, surely it's a service made by techies in think, the first place. Th- think about it from a business perspective. Imagine you're the CEO of Slack Incorporated or whatever. I don't. I don't know who owns it or what they're called. Why? Why would you want to? Why would you want to build something on a on an open standard that anybody could just come along and write a new client for, and and you would have no control over it anymore? Then why does it use XMPP? Well, it doesn't use XMPP as such. It it lets you connect via XMPP, but it's it's kind of a degraded experience because it doesn't have all the same features if you if you connect that way. Which is what you'd end up with if you created your own service that was built on IRC. Well, yeah, yes, yes. Except I would I would I would make it such that it degraded nicely to IRC. It was backwards compatible. I mean, what, what I mean, what what I'm really talking about is 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 if. Is if uh, somebody created a new protocol that was based on IRC but better, but was an open protocol with all the, with all the cool features that Slack has? I feel like it's analogous 
Analogous? Analogous? Analogous. Hmm. I feel it's analogous to Git and GitHub. GitHub okay. is a service that is built on top of a widely used open source piece of software. Yes. And has lots of other extra shit bolted on top. Yes. And then people use GitHub because they find the extra shit useful. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that Git can't be used for other things, but there's an incentive for you not to use other things because GitHub stuff can be useful. How is this an analogy? It's not an analogy. Because Git is like an open uh, system that you can host yourself, right? Yeah. So it's different to... I, I totally don't know what your point is. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's like... Oh, God, this is just, it made so much more sense in my head than it did out loud. <laughs> I, are you saying that... Slack might as well have built their protocol yeah. on IRC. Because there are only benefits, no downsides. And added extra features to it. Mm-hmm. If um, their USP is strong enough, then but, they can rise above all the others and they only have benefits for using an open platform. But but are you talking about like building a proprietary protocol on top of an open one? Or are you are you talking about still having an open an open standard? I'd say have it backwards compatible in of a way in a way. Yeah, you could strap open, you could strap closed source stuff on top. That's what GitHub does. What in such a way that you could still connect to Slack with yes an IRC client, for example. Yes, in the same way you can connect to GitHub with it. Right. With... Well, my my point is that there's the what what business incentive does would Slack have to do that? What business incentive did GitHub have to do that? Uh, because they can because GitHub is a convenient place to host. Git stuff. If if Slack was just an IRC server, then it would be then it would be analogous, wouldn't it? If Git if 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 Slack was just a nice place to host IRC chat rooms with a nice a nice web based interface, then that would be a thing. But that isn't Slack's business model. Their their business model is is, is to have you know control over an entire entire platform, client and server. Mm-hmm. So why why would they use an open standard? I don't know. I just want them to. Yeah, I want I want them to <laughs> as well. But it makes no business sense. And you, no, I know. You, you can see why. Doesn't make it right. Eh, it's it's a shame. It's a shame. Imagine imagine if we all used the same the same messaging system. So Mark, Slack, God or shit? Um, I mean, I, the the Slack interface is nice, but I don't I don't care. For having to log in via my browser and and all of that, I just want, I just want to. It's shit. <laughs> I just. <laughs> okay, right. So I want sound effect. Yeah, we're a morning radio show now. I, I just want to. Rainbow drops. I want to I want to connect to Slack in the same way that I used to connect to MSN Messenger and Yahoo Messenger and AOL Messenger in Pigeon all in the same thing. Well, it would have been Trillion at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I just I just want to have all of that stuff in one place. But no, proprietary messenger systems. Old man yells at cloud. Grr. <laughs> Old man yells at the cloud. Yes, old man <laughs> being me yells at the cloud. <laughs> Damn cloud. Millennials. Somebody else's computers. <laughs> anyway, I think I've made my point. Yeah, you have. Very. So what? What else are we got to talk about? Fee, how's how's the game coming along? How's your how are your adventures in Unity game development? They're going all right. They're going okay. I made one of the central parts of a Harvest Moon game, cool, which cool. isn't the farming cool, you might cool, think cool, it would cool, be. Cool, cool, cool. No doubt, no doubt. I no mean, doubt, no doubt. what the fuck? <laughs> What's happening? Continue. <laughs> um, and I implemented like a day and night cycle and the day progression and hour progression and basically all the time handling stuff. I did all that. It's um, true day, day, night. Cycle systems. Yeah, sort of. In that I have a directional light, the directional light rotates and changes colour. Now this game is set on a, what, like a, an alien planet, right? Or an asteroid well, or something? yeah, it's a terraformed like planet. That... Stop saying like astroform. <laughs> so um, am I to assume that you are simulating the movement of this space body through its, through its solar system? No, I'm just spinning a light. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
That's, that's somewhat disappointing, it's, but I guess for, for game design reasons it probably makes sense to do it. It spins and kind of banks up and down a little bit to change the length of the shadows. Cool. It looks really good, I think. You're going to have, like, seasons and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, well, all in good time. Well, it, it already changes seasons, but that's just increasing an integer. <laughs> so Isn't everything... Yeah, it's all increasing integers. Even in real life, it's yeah. all just part of the matrix. I've, I've also been messing with modelling a lot. So I wanted to model base like a basic main character, like like a like a template for a character oh, yeah. that I could base all the other models off. And because I'm not a very good modeler, I started with someone else's model that I bought. It was like a really simple template that was untextured and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. It was like six dollars, mm-hmm. and it was a really good starting point. And I've basically that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Why why struggle with something when you can just pay an artist? For the hard work. Yeah, and that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. And I took their hard work and I changed it a bit. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. changed all the vertices and I UV unwrapped it. and Changed all the vertices. All the vertices. All of them. All of them, every single one. Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to like uh, detach the head from the body and like make the head really, really big. <laughs> because oh, you chibi eyes. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted the heads to be a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, now decided that I essentially want it to look like Fantasy Life, which is a game on the 3DS, which is okay. very colourful and bright and everyone's chibified and stuff like that. It's kind of what I want it to look like. And I'm cool. wor- I worry that at the moment it's looking a bit dark and I think that's Unity's lighting system. Oh, you mean it literally looks dark? Yeah. Not not like it, it, it's too gritty. No, 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 no. <laughs> you no. need to take the gangs of motorcyclist gangster gangs. At the, gangster mo- gangs? at the moment it's less Alice in Wonderland and more American McGee's Alice. <laughs> I see, I see. So you need to you need to turn down the the goth integer a bit, which is something I always loathe to turn down, as you know. Mm, mm. Cool. That sounds that sounds interesting. Thank you. So uh, when's it going to be done? Oh, about four or five years from now, I think. <laughs> cool. And are you still liking Unity? When did I say that? <laughs> what do you mean? No, it's just. It's just fairly easy to get shit on the screen. I still don't like how it works. I still hate how it crashes constantly. I still don't like the audio system. Still don't like the component system. I think they've done it really badly. I still don't like how much it doesn't have included that it really should have. I still don't like how much all the assets are that you pretty much have to use to not spend about 15 years basically writing your own stuff on top of this engine. At that point, you might as well be writing your own engine. Still don't like any of that stuff. Yeah, but Unity has so so many features that you're benefiting from. Imagine doing all of this, you know, from scratch. Uh, and, and I feel like I am the community as well. There's such what fucking community? There's such a there's such a community around Unity because it's so popular. Blind leading the blind. It's like PHP in, all over in again. In some cases, yes, <laughs> yeah, okay. Here's some code. Put this into your thing, and now does your thing work? No. Well, of course it doesn't. You can't just grab a bit of C sharp and, and throw it in a thing. Never mind, you're fixed. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a topic for another time. Mm. Wait till I tell you all about my opinion on tutorials on the internet. Never mind, I resolved it. <laughs> cool. Well, keep up the good work. Thank you, Aldo. Mm. Are you even making to play it? Even making any games? Nope. Nope. No. No. I'll throw a check. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that this little segment becomes an inspiration for you, Mark. Young Padawan. <laughs> if you want to just t- tap me on the shoulder as you said that. <laughs> well, that, I think we, that's another rainbow yeah, drop. I think we should wrap this up. We'll, we'll drop this mic. Drop the mic and walk off. Drop this beat like a dead baby. It's a video game. This. I thought it was like an ugly baby. That's right. Drop this beat like an ugly baby. A, an amazing game that was never finished that came to you from the geniuses behind Ah That was A reckless disregard for grammar. Yeah. That that project was basically the precursor to all the Steam early access shit. They released it on Steam, unfinished, and said, Oh you 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 can you, you can, can make influ- your own fun. You can influence the game and tell us what you want to add oh, to it I and see. things like that. And yeah. uh, they never did. Yeah. It still says that on the store page. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> every every indie game, pretty every much indie game, never goes for the early access thing because because you know you got to fund your game and while it's being made. Mm-hmm. 
So if someone could just give me lots of money for the promise of a, <laughs> a space farm game, I'd love that. I don't think your game is even at alpha stage yet. No, it's not. It's barely pre-production. <laughs> mm. Maybe when the vertical slice is done. What a slice it is. The vertical slice. You know all the terminology. I do. I'm a true game dev. That's how you know. Right, that's the end of Rainbow Drops. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Get it? Yeah. Woo! That's a wrap, kids.